أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تعالى وسلم على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهله وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله All praises to Allah All praises to Allah all praises to Allah who guided us to this, who guided us to Islam and to Iman, and to His Mubarak house on this Mubarak hour of this Mubarak day. And we were not to be guided. Was it not that we were guided by Allah? Oh Allah, to you is praise us commensurate with the majesty of your countenance and the greatness of your authority. Oh Allah, we do not limit you with any praise we can come up with ourselves. Rather, you are the only one who knows the true extent, the true extent of your praiseworthiness. And may the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon His servant and messenger, our master Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon him and upon his noble progeny, upon his noble companions upon his pure family and upon all of those who follow all of their way until the day of judgment. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this Qur'an. إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ We revealed it as an Arabic Qur'an so that you can be people of reason. The Qur'an is preserved. إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا الذِّكْرَ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ Allah Ta'ala declares that it is we who sent down this remembrance and it is we who take it upon ourselves to guard it, to preserve it. This doesn't just mean the words of the Qur'an. This means the letters of the Qur'an. This means the orthography of the Qur'an. This means the meanings of the Arabic language the words of which are intact, and the meanings of the words of which not, are, not only are documented thoroughly in lexicography, but even those meanings that are given in lexicons that span dozens of volumes. With those meanings are also a chain of narration to attribute those meanings to their sources, and with them are proofs as well from the classical speech of the Arabic of the Arabs that precedes, that comes from before the age of Islam. Allah Ta'ala left this ummah on a path which is so bright. Its night and its day are equal in terms of the ability of a person to see clearly what this path is. No matter who they are, where they are, where they come from, where they're going, or whatever their circumstances might be. Brothers and sisters, there is a saying attributed to Sultan al-Ulama Izz ibn Abdul Salam, one of the great mashayikh of the past. He was known as Sultan al-Ulama because he spoke the haq and he was kicked out of his city. He was originally a Halabi. And he was welcomed by the Mamalik rulers of Egypt and he accepted their offer to live amongst them on a number of conditions all of which had to do with 
his independence and his autonomy and the ability to speak the truth. He said that amongst the people who are tried and their tribulation and their trial is in riba. If the imam gets up and speaks about the prohibition of zina, that imam is a traitor. That imam has done treachery with the trust given to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not because zina is halal or it's a good thing. But what? There's a trust Allah ta'ala gives to the people of knowledge that they must deliver a particular message which is not only correct but it's also relevant to the people in the time that they live in. So that people can use this guidance in order to see the path clearly in front of them. There's no shying away from that. There's no awkwardness in that. If you should see that, you should count your blessings that the barakah of the Ummah Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is still there with us. It's still there amongst us. After several weeks about talking about the holy places, the sacred places and the rites of hajj, now we pull ourselves back necessarily to the place and the time that we live in order to discuss something that's very different than all of that. Which is what? If you pay attention to the news, if you work, especially in a corporation or you go to school, it has not escaped your uh, uh, notice that what used to be Pride Day, what used to be Pride Day, has now turned into Pride Month. What is the pride for? The pride is for a sin. The pride is for an abomination. The pride is for something that is unnatural. The pride is for something that is a rebellion against the Lord. It's not just one thing. It's a number of different things. The pride that's being celebrated is not merely that somebody has an unnatural attraction. Look, the ummah is something that spans the entire world. And it's been there since the time of late antiquity. And from before that, there have been ummah that came before on guidance and on huda. They've been around for a very long time. The deviated lust and desire that certain people have, this is not something new. It's not something that started in 1970-whatever when people came to America. This is not something new. This is something that's known. It's been there in the Muslim world. It's been in there, there in the Muslim countries. And it's a illness that exists amongst human beings. Statistically speaking, there may be somebody sitting in the masjid right now who Allah has tested with that illness. The point of mentioning this is not for me to hack you down. You did the right thing. You came to the masjid. You came to the house of Allah Ta'ala. As long as you try your best and Allah tests people in different ways. And some people, the best they can do is to fail the test as minimally as possible. My point is not to hack those people down who are trying their best. My point is what? It, my point is that those people who at least know what's wrong is wrong, what's a sin is a sin. They know it's haram in the sharia of the Prophet ﷺ. They have an aql. If without an aql, without an intellect, a person is not going to be able to benefit from the Qur'an even if they say that I believe in all of it. They'll benefit minimally, but the proper benefit is not going to be there for them. That by use your aql. This is a shahwa, this is a lust, a desire Allah Ta'ala put inside of every living thing. There's a reason for it. It's not something that's superfluous or unnecessary. We don't believe like the Christians and the Jews believe. We don't believe like 
certain Eastern philosophies believe that this desire, the sexual desire that Allah Ta'ala put in a person is like something horrible and wrong. And it's a sin in every manifestation. And the ideal of a person is to like get rid of it completely. If that were the case, the Anbiya would not have married. If that were the case, there would not be this thing in Jannah as well. If that were the case, there would not be barakah in marriage and goodness in marriage. For a person to say that this is something that we're going to celebrate and acknowledge it as something other than some sort of biological or psychological dysfunction, this is a sign that the mind has fallen apart. We can accept this and understand this without being hateful, without being, uh, uh, you know, inciting people to violence, without calling people names, without being bigoted, without being unsympathetic to the plight of other people. All of these things are possible because a human being is more than just what their sexual desire is. A human being is much more than what their sexual desire is. A human being is much more than the things that they like to eat. A human being is much more than the types of entertainment they like or shiny things that they try to gather. But if you put shiny things in front of a monkey, even a monkey is going to enjoy it. That's not what makes us human. What makes us human is a set of things that are transcendent above all of this. But now we find ourselves, we are a second class culturally and legally group of people in this country. We find ourselves going to institutions where the flag of pride for this. It's not just same-sex attraction. Now it's extended to a number of other things. Extended to a type of gender ideology in which the fitrah that Allah Ta'ala created a person on is actively flouted. That we no longer accept any sort of objective reality when it comes to a person's gender. That we went from having two genders and a set of biological illnesses that people have. Not something to make fun of people for, not something to mock people for. People need help. There's accommodations that should be made for such people who are naturally suffering from this issue. Whether the locus of it be genetic. There are people who are genetically male and they present as female. This is an issue. Whether it be physiological, that people suffer from imbalances in hormones that can be treated. Whether it be anatomical, these things can be treated through plastic surgery. Whether it be psychological, these things can be treated and have been treated by clinical practitioners who actually understand and acknowledge the reality in front of them instead of actively trying to flout it. We don't wish ill to people who suffer from these dysfunctions or say because of this dysfunction you're less of a human being. Now what is it? Now this is a complete ideology that is that what we will actively flout what we see in front of our eyes. In that sense, it doesn't require a religious person in order to understand that this is all nonsense, it's all gone way too far. On top of that, many people in this gathering, you know what, you may actually be people who self-segregate yourselves out of those institutions, whether they be in the government, whether they be in schools, whether they be in places of work, where the rainbow flag is waved, and you opt out of those types of things, or you minimally just to be political, minimally acknowledge whatever it is with crafty words in order to not indict yourself on the day of judgment and squeak through, which is fine. Sometimes you have to do it in order to make a living. As long as you don't do something haram and say something haram, 
To be diplomatic with people around you is a necessity that people have sometimes. However, look, look at our children. Those children who are not here in Jummah right now. Those sons of ours who are balik from the age that they're 12 and 13, 14. And Jummah is wajib on them from those ages. They're in the school right now and they're not able to opt out. They're children. They're not savvy. They don't know the games that adults play and the tricks that adults play with them. And so now you have this thing which is supplanted religion. It's become the religion of a people. Christianity is not the religion of this country, neither in the law nor culturally speaking. If a person were to stand up and mock the Bible, even church-growing Christians will laugh with them and give them high five. If they were to mock the Anbiya alayhi salatu or Allah Ta'ala Himself, even the church-going people will laugh about it, even their, their priests do it themselves in the church on Sunday. They've lost the plot. And even those people who are sincere believers amongst them in their religion, they have no backing whatsoever. They're probably strangers in society nearly as much as we are, if not more in certain cases. What's the actual religion? Get up and stand up and say the things I'm saying right now. You say, oh, it's so brave. You're in, you're in the masjid right now. So brave of you to say. Many people who are in my position, they're also scared. They don't say it. But still, that's their own fear that lives inside of them, rent-free. Really, very few things are probably going to happen to me right now on this day for saying this. If they do, whatever happens, happens. I'm, I'm not one who cared in the first place. But probably nothing will happen. If you stood up and said a tenth of what I'm saying right now in your places of work and in your school, you'll be in real trouble. You have real problems. Why? Because this is the religion of this qawm. Those are the blasphemy laws that if you cross them, you will lose your job, you will lose your livelihood, you will be cancelled, you will be shunned, you will have your ba- the back turned on you. In certain cases, people will go to prison, they will go to jail. The proselytization of this religion has gotten to the point where elementary school children, you should know this, if you have kids yourself, or if you plan on having kids one day, or if you have nieces and nephews, or if you think about the children of the Ummah, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, or the children of our father, Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam, whatever the religion may be, if you think of them as your own, as a Muslim should, the children are what? They're reading picture books in the library. They first put the books in the library, said, oh, you know, it's just for whoever wants to read about it. They have graphic descriptions, of, graphic descriptions in illustration of sodomy in them. Pictures of it. At some point they said, this is just for the kids who want to read up about it. Now they're obligate, they're obliged to attend these assemblies. Now they have drag queen story hour, where literally a grown man will come dressed as a woman and mix with the children and read them these stories. And it becomes fun. They're happy, there's colors, they're giving them candy, they're giving them, uh, they're giving them treats. They're showing them all sorts of love, that this is a fun thing, this is a great thing, this is something you want to participate in. But hey, when I was growing up, what was it? What was the concern? The concern is that the children go and celebrate Christmas. This is something that's gone way beyond that. How way beyond it is it? I'll tell you something, everybody knows it's way beyond any sort of rational line. Everyone knows it. You don't have to be mullah with the turban on Friday. 
in order to know this. You don't even have to be a Muslim. You don't even have to be straight in order to know it. I'm surprised, flabbergasted. It's very interesting, actually. It is the Muslims who are not accepting these things in different places. Although there are Muslims who have capitulated, but I'm giving this message in order to fill you with some sort of courage, in order to remind you of some sort of courage and remind myself that you know it's wrong. And even though it shouldn't matter, but the local law is actually on your side. The majority of people are on your side. All of them are scared of blaspheming this religion because they're scared of the consequences. Right? You are the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Millah of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. The one who, as a child, was the first one to throw a stone at the the first one to, 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 to take the axe and break the idols of his people. They knew it was wrong. He knew it was wrong. They all knew it was wrong. They tried to kill him for it. They weren't able to. Everybody in the society knows it's wrong. You see, in Canada, you see in America, Muslims are protesting in Maryland, the school board, in Detroit, the school board, is the Muslims who protested. And whatever happened, whatever was going to happen, they said, do whatever you want, you're not going to turn our children into this. You're not going to indoctrinate our children into this. It will destroy our nestle in this world. You shouldn't have to be a, a PhD in biology in order to understand that when this ideology prevails over the world, that there's no future for humanity, no future for mankind, it's not difficult to understand why. If you don't understand, think about it, talk, talk about it with your neighbor after Jum'ah is over. It's not difficult to understand why. Muslims are the ones standing from the parents who get together and support their children to the children themselves who are the ones who say, we don't, we don't want this, we don't need this. And alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah, illa Allah. the Muslims are not getting up and saying bad names to people. They're not saying, you know, calling foul names to people or using rude language to people. They're just saying what? This is not, we're not, we didn't sign up for this. We don't tolerate it. We don't agree with it. This is not for us. And they will not take no for an answer. What is the reaction of our people, our qawm? The ummah is our ummah. Our qawm is the place, the people that we live among, the people whose food we eat and the people whose language we speak. And when Jummah is over, the people whose clothes we wear. They're the ones saying, look, these Muslims, finally, someone is going to put an end to this nonsense. How many people, how many people have I seen just in this last week? What are they saying? I'm a Christian. I go to church. But, but, it's the Muslims who are going to take care of this. We've completely tapped out. It's the Muslims who are going to preserve Western civilization. Yesterday, they were saying it's clash of civilizations. Now, what? Europe is done. The Muslims are the ones who are going to save it. So many times I've heard from people who are not charitable or sympathetic to Islam whatsoever. How many times in the last week have I seen on social media people say that they themselves are gay, but this is not cool. This is completely crazy. Even the people who are gay themselves, there's a significant number of them are saying, you cannot just have a drag, drag queen walk into a school and they, this is just child abuse. You have people who are saying these things. The reason I'm bringing this up right now, it's not for demagoguery, because usually when people talk about this, this is a really easy win. It's something, it's such an anti-fitra, anti-human type activity. People have a sort of gag reflex about it, and it's very easy to rile up the crowd. 
Right now what I'm trying to say is what? You all knew that sodomy is haram from before you came to this gathering. You knew that for a man to dress up as a woman and for a woman to dress up as a man is haram. If you didn't know, now you know. It's not something that's a difference of opinion like saying amin out loud in the salat or quiet. Those things are differences of opinion. This is something, there's no doubt about it. There's no shak about it. Not amongst the Muslims, not amongst really any people who have any connection with revelation. The point of mentioning all of this right now is what? This is a moment. This is a moment unlike other moments. Just like you pray maghrib. Not at noontime, you can only pray it when the sun sets. This is a moment in the life of this country where this thing is about to eat and swallow all of us alive. It's right now a religion de facto, practically speaking. It will legally become a religion unless people push back. And all of these people are cowards to say anything. As individuals, they may say it. But as institutions, the Christians have failed to deal with this. Every church you drive by, every second church or two out of three churches, you'll see them flying the pride flag. Right? Nobody here, did you ever hear me say, let's like go and find people of this type of uh, a lifestyle and beat them up and call them names or any of... No. What does a place where people are supposed to connect with Allah Ta'ala have to do with flying a pride flag? They've checked out, they're done. We know it, we knew it from before. They also know it, it's become clear, the hujjah is clear. This is a time for their sake and for our own sake we should say it. When you say it, they will acknowledge also that this deen has something to offer. Because we read the Qur'an in Arabic, we know what every harf is supposed to sound like, every letter, and we know what every word means. And we know what the opinions of the aslaf for all of the centuries until now have been. There's no doubt about it. With them, the Bible itself is in Greek, a language Sayyidina Isa salam never spoke. They don't know how to pronounce the letters of the Greek language, nor do they know what the meanings are. It's all speculation from centuries afterward. They don't have the capacity to deal with this intellectually or philosophically. You and me and the Ummah of the Prophet wasallam are a lifeline. This is something that we can give back to the Qawm. If you have some courage right now, don't be rude. Don't call names. Don't be unnecessarily antagonistic. Use the akhlaq that the Prophet ﷺ would have used. But get together, identify people who will agree with you and say, look, we're not going to deal with this. By I trust, trust me, you'll get another job. Nobody in this country starves to death. The thing you should be afraid of is eating too much. No one in this country starves to death. You'll get into another school. You'll get some career. You'll have something. Allah Ta'ala will give you something better. But this is something that we need to do and we need to stand up and we need to say. And the hour is now. Once this hour is gone and this thing becomes legislated, that this becomes a hate crime in order for a person to even deny this ideology. It should be a hate crime to physically beat someone up without legal uh, authority. It should be something to society doesn't encourage that people yell and scream and get into fights and call names to one another. But the idea that I cannot raise my own children and you cannot raise your own children except for this nonsense is pushed and crammed down our children's throats. That those liberals, we're neither conservative nor liberal. I have no uh, lot to cast with either one of them. They say that the conservatives hate Muslims and the liberals hate Islam. That those same liberals that everybody was voting for, like religiously all of these years. If you voted for them, I'm not saying you're wrong or right. Politics is politics. We never know what's going to happen until it happens. So I'm not going to blame anyone. I'm saying we voted for them in general for all of these years. Now they're the ones saying, go back where you came from. Go back to the Stone Age. 
you people are backwards, this and that, all of the things that we cast our lot in with them in order to avoid what? To avoid hearing that from the conservatives. Hey, we're neither part of one extreme nor part of the other. We're the Milla of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. We're the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This is something, there's no benefit in it for anybody. And if there was some political benefit in being quiet any time, that, that time is not now. Now is the time to say something, to stand up, because there are people who will hold hands with you. There are people who will stand with you. There are people who will benefit. And part of your salvation on the Day of Judgment is what? Iqamatul Hujjah. Whether people accept Islam from you or don't, if you deliver the message, then the ball's in their court. You get off scot-free. You said what you needed to say, and you prove to everybody. You don't have to prove every single issue of fiqh to people in order to prove Islam to them. You just have to prove, give one decisive proof that this is the haq and nobody else has it in their hands. This is your time. Speak up. Say it in a dignified way. And let everybody observe. Then afterward, what happens, happens. It's in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have great hope in Allah ta'ala that He is not going to put our efforts and our good words and our sincere intentions to waste. And He's not going to have them pass in vain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give, give tawfiq. Allah ta'ala save us and save our children from this ideology. If somebody is struggling with this sin or with any other sin or with any other desire which is contrary to the shara'a of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we hope that and we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive them and give them a way out and a makhraj from their, from their problems and from their issues and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pull them to the path of righteousness and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala write them from amongst the believers because they worshipped Allah and not worshipped their desires as people are calling us to do. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.